vinyl record, how it has like kind of the crackle. This has like the tape hiss, like that's if you're ever listening to a cassette, you're going to hear that. And that's the tape actually, I think, running across what is reading it. Welcome to the 26th episode of the Resolution Podcast, where we've been breaking down storytelling tactics in hip hop. I'm your host with the most, Alex Lacey. And today we're going to be kind of bringing in something from left field. It's just something I'm super passionate about and actually did a bunch of research on recently. And that was the influence of cassette tapes and how they influenced hip hop and just the music industry at large. And it's also something that I'm super passionate about because I have some of my own. And I actually, for the first, if you're an OG to this podcast, you know that I was sending out cassette tapes of the recordings of the podcast to the guests that were on it. And I still want to do that for the guests that are on here, but cassette tapes are kind of expensive. So i just haven't been able to do that as much, but I have like an old school tape recorder over there and then like a tape deck. So I'm able to like record beats to tape, which I have yet to actually learn how to do. And I just haven't had time really, or I haven't given myself enough time or just prioritized it, which is something that I'm trying to hold myself accountable to. If you're going through the same thing, you really make time for what matters and what's important to you. And I just need to accept that there's been other things that have been of higher importance to me than learning how to record to cassette. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if it's something that I want to do, then I need to make time for it. But that's neither here nor there. Today, we're going to get right into cassette tapes. So I just want to kind of break down the itinerary, I guess, for this podcast. We're going to break down the birth of the cassette, uh, the track listing, and how that affected the format of al albums, copyright issues that also arose with cassette tapes, because copyright is really the law that dictates a lot of what happens in the music industry. And then also mixtape culture, which helped propel the artists that we know today. And finally, we're going to break down the aesthetic and what it added to the culture, not just in hip hop, but other places like kind of synth wave and punk rock and just things of that nature. So let's get into the birth of birth of the cassette. It was invented in 1962 by a company called Philips, I believe in Belgium. And then it was released two years later in the United States and how these things actually work is the tape that is used that kind of spent like it goes around the spools that is actually made out of iron rust, but it's a different kind of iron rust that you'd see on like a car that's kind of broken down in, in the middle of nowhere. This rust is actually called ferric oxide powder. And what makes this rust very interesting and very useful for recording music is when it comes in contact with an electromagnetic field, it changes the pattern of the iron particles in the rust. So that allows for two things to happen. It allows for actually, let me back up. When we let's take a look at vinyl really fast, which I also have some vinyl records behind me. Vinyl records have grooves that mimic the sound wave that was recorded onto them. And so if you were to drag your fingernail across a wooden table and you hear like a scratching sound, 
that's basically what the needle is doing across a vinyl record. It's just used recreating vibrations from the sound waves. So like how vinyl is using a needle, tape machine or tape machines and cassette tapes use a magnet instead of a needle. And then where this kind of veers off from being similar to a vinyl record is you are able to imprint brand new information on it every time you make it come in contact with an with an electric magnetic field, electromagnetic field, excuse me. This also allows you to basically record and reconstruct the pattern of the iron particles on the tape. So if you were to record something onto like a thriller cassette, that would be terrible because you would never get that thriller cassette back at all because, or that part of it back because you would have overwrote it, like written over it and changed the actual pattern of the iron so it would never be heard again. So that's what made these things super useful and their size make them super portable. So that kind of gave rise to the Walkman. And in the 80s, you basically this was the start of the iPod pretty much. Like you would, we would not have the phones that we have. We wouldn't have Spotify, Apple Music if it wasn't for the Walkman and the cassette tape. So that is how it works and kind of the origin. It was developed in 1960s. And then these also gave a much longer recording time. Like you could have recordings up to an hour and a half when in record albums, it could only be half an hour. So you had three times as much information going on to these. So in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, Albums were allowed to have a hundred, well, not even a hundred, it's not a hundred, it's, or I, I guess 90 minutes of information to a single album, which made the track listings a lot longer because the real estate on the vinyl records were only so much. Like, like I said, it was, you could only put 30 minutes of audio on there, but this is like nine, the one I'm holding up right here is literally 90 minutes. And then we have copyright issues, which got really nitty gritty when these first started coming out because basically people could take an album that they love and record it to cassette and then people would start selling them. So there'd be bootleg tapes of well-renowned records or well-renowned other cassette albums, I guess. People just copy them onto another cassette and sell them and then just take the profit for themselves. Actually, I saw a video a couple months ago, I think it was two video of Tupac he was getting pissed at this guy because he was selling, he was selling bootleg copies of Tupac's album. And he was like, yo, I'm going into this movie theater. If you're out here, when I'm out here, when I come back, you're getting popped. Like I'm not messing around right now. So a lot of the bootleg stuff could be seen as like stealing from the artist or even stealing from the record label. And there was a ton of lawsuits going on with Maxell. That's this one. Uh, there's a couple of other ones like TDK, I think is another big cassette making brand. So yeah, there was lawsuits going left and right because it was just such an unknown and unchartered territory when it came to recording music and, distri and distributing music. So that was some of the copyright issues that arose with the cassette. 
But then it also gave rise to mixtape culture because it allowed artists to very, very cheaply manufacture their own mixtapes onto it. Just record stuff like they could pick up like a hundred dollar cassette recorder, four track cassette recorder, throw on a beat and throw on some vocals. There's your demo. Or you could just like sell it as a cassette tape. And I mean, I think that's what Jay-Z was doing, just selling tapes out of the trunk of his car. And that culture and that mindset is really what started the careers of 50 Cent. Or I guess 50 Cent was the pioneer of that. He was able to just give out his mixtapes for free. And then that's how he got his big notoriety. And then he got signed to Shady Records. I think it was Shady Records. But he got noticed by Dr. Dre, Eminem. The story goes on. And then Kendrick, J. Cole, and then Chance the Rapper also kind of followed suit of just getting their names out there with free music. And by that time, the digital era was in full swing. So they didn't, they had CDs. So they were able to just burn stuff to CDs and it was much higher quality, obviously. So they were able to still give their stuff out for free, but it's the same mentality of like hustle, get your name out there. And it's all started with the cassette. So that was birth of the cassette track listing, copyright issues, mixtape culture. And then now it's the aesthetic. There's something about just even the sound of a cassette, just like being just the plastic of it, just being placed somewhere. I don't know. I just have a, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of ASMR, but <laughs> it's a sound that I really enjoy. It's just, I don't know. It's just cool. It's very tactile. I guess I just love that tactile sound. But anyway, the method of recording to it and the iron particles that are involved with that, it creates a very rich and warm sound. So if you're hearing a lot of the stuff from the nineties, a lot of those kicks and a lot of that bass and just the low end, they call it very warm. It kind of basically what that means is like kind of boosting the low end just a little bit. And a couple of other terms are like just I've heard was like gooey or vibey or I don't know. There's a couple of other ones, but it's all because of the recording process going onto the tape. And it's kind of like the vinyl record how it has like kind of the crackle this has like the tape hiss like that's if you're ever listening to a cassette you're gonna hear that and that's the tape actually i think running across what is reading it the rag the magnet that's reading the tape so that's where it gets its worth warmth from and as a producer and seeing a lot of plugins or plugins are basically programs that i'm or that producers are able to use to manipulate sound, there are so many plugins that try to emulate tape machines and old school analog gear. It's so interesting because we're really starting to move back to that in terms of the sound quality and what we're desiring. So it seems like that there's a huge comeback just moving towards the old school, which I feel like I'm already there. Like I got a damn cassette recorder already. And there's that as well. It's just so many people miss that sound because the digital era is so clean. Like there's nothing, it's crystal clear. It's not dirty. It's not, there's no imperfections at all, which for me personally, that also says something about where we are as like a human race. Cause I know that we all love stuff that are like 
just perfectly organized. But there's something to be said about the imperfections about who we are as people. And one of my favorite producers, Jay Dilla, actually did this. He was taking a lot of the, they call it quantization, and it's basically making sure all the drums are like on time. He would take the kick drum of some of his beats and just kind of like let it like fall back and maybe fall forward on the beat and just kind of have that it's like calibrated imperfection which is really interesting because he was actually going to be an engineer when he grew up when he grew up when he grew up so a lot of his mentality was like very focused so he was very strategic on where the kick would fall in terms of not being on the grid he had a certain feeling to it and it's just adding that human element that just draws us in and that's what when you ever if you ever hear producers talking about the bounce of the drums, that's basically what it is. And that's what Jay Dilla introduced was having your drums and your rhythmic elements slightly off the grid, just slightly off. It's on time enough to sound good, but it's off time enough to like keep us moving and just it just adds that whole nother human element. And that's what I think the cassette is basically embodying is like this imperfect way of recording that maybe some things won't be necessarily right on time, which I consider myself a pretty organized person. So that can, it's a little nerve wracking for me just philosophically. So there's a lot of internal conflict. How organized do I want it to be and how messy do I want it to be? And I guess I just need to find where that balance is. I'm still continuing where I need to find that balance, but we're getting there. We're getting there. That's Yeah, I guess that's just a bit about me, but that's what, the cassette and just really all analog gear that's why there's so many emulations and that's why there's so many people going after that sound again and actually my girlfriend and i have been playing a game on the switch called row 96 and it is such a dope game if you have a switch or any i actually don't know if it's on any other system other than the switch but it was like we got it for like five bucks on sale but i think it's like a 20 dollar game it's a video game based in the 90s the graphics are really not that great but the storyline is incredible and along the way you're basically a teenager trying to get across this border because your country is just going into ruins and along the way you meet these characters and you collect cassette tapes and at certain checkpoints in along the game you have these radios that you can actually play the cassette tapes that you've collected and another thing about the aesthetic that kind of realized from that is that I'd never even heard about from the 90s was you can make a mixtape that you love, have all your favorite songs on there, and then just copy it onto a bunch of different cassettes and then just hand them out to people. And that's a way for those people to remember you and remember the memories you've made together. I thought it was probably the most sentimental idea that I've ever come across. And I know that rave culture has something similar where they have candy, which basically they make bracelets out of beads and things. And then they give them to people to show kind of like, hey, we're in this together. We're also in this community. So it's kind of this kind of a similar thing. But for me is like a music lover, obviously. It's such a much more personal thing to give somebody, which I thought was super cool. So they could be seen as like collectible. I thought that was a really cool aesthetic that they had in the 90s that I never even thought about. And the portable again the portable aspect of it 
like including the boombox. That was around in the eighties. We saw it run DMC and like Beastie Boys running around with those, and also like Public Enemy and DJ Premier. Actually, I heard him. I can't remember what it was, but he was talking about that's the way he still makes his music. He still wants it to feel like somebody could bump it in a boombox and just rock, just walk down the street and just turn like crank it up. So there's that aspect too. And that has influenced DJ Premier's whole approach to production, which he's like one of the most, if not the most legendary hip hop producer alive. And then also the Walkman, it just, I mentioned this before, but it just allowed the portability of music to reach completely new heights. And it's just completely exploded the music industry in terms of distribution. So that's all that I have for the Walkman. i or not the Walkman, excuse me, the cassette tape and how it impacted the culture of hip hop and the music industry at large and just everything it added to society in general. That's all I have for this week. I really appreciate you listening. And if, and if you're on YouTube, I really appreciate you watching. I am going to increase these podcasts out to biweekly instead of just weekly because my life is about to get real crazy in the next couple of weeks. So I'm just not going to be able to dedicate as much time to this. And I will see you not next week, but the week after. So have a great week, everyone. Peace. <laughs>